techie stuff that neither of us like here. So again, happy Friday. I just want to welcome everyone onto this live today. It is a special live because I'm going live for the first time with Danelle Gallo. Um, she is just a beautiful fucking human being. And I have had the pleasure of knowing her for a while now. Um, but even more so, she was my first life coach when I, before I became a coach, well, I, as I was ent entering the arena of becoming a coach, uh, but more so when I was going through just my own personal stuff and my own healing journey, I was in this position where I was really asking the universe to send me opportunities, send me people, send me energy that will that was going to be a catalyst in my own healing journey. And I'm a very specific type of individual and I vibe with certain people and there's certain energies of people I just don't. And I can't remember where I found Danelle at. I mean, it was on Facebook and social media, but you know, there was her dancing and singing and you know, just vibing high and her energy was amazing. And then there was content that was so profound and deep and nurturing and sensitive and wise that I just thought, who is this woman? Not only am I resonating with her, but you know, she's triggering something in me and I wasn't sure what that trigger was, but usually when we seek out people, whether it's, to inspire us, whether it's to help us, whether it's to coach us, whether it's to guide us. We don't seek out people and look at them and go, they have something I don't have. We resonate with people because they have something we want for ourselves internally. It's not that we don't have it, but there's something in them that is already in us that needs to be brought out. So a lot of people kind of look at coaches and whatnot as like these superhuman people, like they're on another league, they have what I don't want. And that's not true. And I want to put that disclaimer in there. It's you are resonating with somebody for a reason because there's something already inside of you that is screaming to come out. And that is what resonated me with Danelle. And I remember when I reached out to her, she's like, well, what inspired you to connect? And I was like, it's just you. I, it, so um, fast forward, you know, we started having conversations, just kind of short dialogue here and there. And I started following her and just getting to know her, you know, through a screen, through a phone, through a computer. But it didn't seem like it was generic or vague or fake. Like she's one of those energies that literally you feel like she's right there with you, whether you know her or not because she just gets you she validates you as a human being and that's what we needed at that time and then we started talking and I went and she's like well here's what I offer this is what I do I'm a trauma-informed life coach and I'm like well shit I've got trauma you ready for this <laughs> and I was going through my own shadow work at the time in my own dark night of the soul going wow I have a lot of trauma stories that I need to shed and I'm just really starting to scratch the surface of what any of this means. So her being a trauma informed life coach for women, this is golden. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Danelle for a moment. I'm just going to let her 
give her a little bit of backstory and you know who are you what do you do and why do you do it where did where did your journey in personal development self-love and coaching come from just give a small background we'll start there and then there's so many fun topics that we're going to walk through today and so anyone joining us welcome this is going to be good sherry I just like teared up as you were talking, which rarely happens. Like, I feel like I'm kind of like stoic and Uh, like in calls with people, I just, you know, and yeah, you really have a way with words. I am in such appreciation of you and just like how you see me because how you see me is, I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's you are seeing yourself in me you're seeing like these qualities in yourself that are already existent which is like why you felt drawn to me anyway and yeah it's so beautiful because like we're all such mirrors of each other and yeah that introduction was like so so beautiful i'm i'm so appreciative you i really am yeah i feel like you you really see me which i know is what makes you such a good coach an amazing human is like you have this authenticity and you can really people for who they are and also meet them where they are and give them that kind of love and compassion and acceptance which you know when we're working with trauma which something i go on and on about all the time is like we all have trauma it's just like i kind of hate this distinction but like little t big t we have like daily traumatic like kind of smaller occurrences maybe are reinforcing some deeper beliefs that we have about ourselves or the world that just like really are not serving us keeping us down in all kinds of ways and then we have like the bigger t trauma or you know things we think of as like big events that happen that just we can't process and yeah i just think about how important like trauma work is because as human it's traumatic to be a human and i like how you kind of like that in your intro like it's traumatic to be birthed into this world um the human there's so much sensation there's so much there's so much pain emotional physical and yeah it's um it's really the human condition to suffer and so my work is about like really leaning into that suffering like we're not trying to bypass it we're not trying to like be positive um we're not trying to like do that toxic positive spirituality bullshit like we're here to like be a human to be authentic to be honest about our human experience and this is something you also kind of mentioned in like your intro is like we as life coaches i feel like i get i can get a little bit caught up in this as well where i'm like oh i'm a life coach like i can't like show my like human weaknesses like i have to it's so true like now that i have like this label on me or this label that i've like put on myself i have to now show up as this like stellar spiritual like human being who like has all the answers and wisdom and it's such a trap and i think like so much of like the coaching industry um that's kind of how like coaches like run their businesses where it's kind of cult leadery vibes and there's some weirdness in it Uh, but on the flip uh, side you've 
coaches who are like just out there being honest about their human experience and not trying to um yeah kind of be this like all-knowing god-like being um and that's what i'm like really drawn to so well what what is life coaching it's coaching from life experience yes you know and a lot of people look at coaches like we're superhuman and we you know we go through it just as anyone else does. We go through the trenches. We go through the darkness to get to the light. And to be able to be vulnerable. Let me tell you, being a coach and being an entrepreneur is, I didn't realize how much I was going to be triggered with this shit, right? I'm thinking I've gotten to this level. I've gotten the certifications. I've studied all the stuff. I've gone through the life experience. I'm good. I've got this. I'm ready to coach. And then all of a sudden you open a business, you become an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, whatever, and a coach. And wow, you have to look at yourself in every aspect. And to show up as a human being, being vulnerable, takes courage, bravery, and strength. And a lot of people will go, well, you're a coach, you should be on this level. Why am I going to hire you if you don't have your shit together, right? If you're going through a hard time, how are you going to lead me to the light? And that is just such a false perception. The reason we can is because we've already taken those bridges. We've already bridged the gap. We're always a work in progress because we are human beings. But to be able to say, hey, kid, I'm grabbing your hand. Let me take you on this journey where I've already been and I'm going to help you ditch the hard because I already went through the hard ways a million times and I'm going to help you collapse time and get rid of that. So when I first started following you and watching you, most people would look at you as they probably do now if they don't know you personally. Like this woman is, you know, she can sing on camera. She is just dancing her heart out. You know, she's dropping F-bombs and she's like talking about this cringe factor and what existential kink is and what victim triangles are. And she's got such wisdom, but yet she's sits there and she's also goofy and she doesn't have to be perfect. You know, like she'll go on a TikTok and she'll knock something over and go, oh shit, and that's the end of the video. And you're like, what was that, right? But you don't have to be perfect to show up to be authentic and to be who you are. Because some days you are that coach going live, talking about a serious topic. Some days you're just like, I'm going to do some somatic movement. I'm going to show you what some breath work is and dancing and tapping, but we're just going to get crazy and have fun. Sometimes you're this woman on camera going, do you know an adult temper tantrum is? Well, let me show you. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to scream into my pillow. I'm going to hit the ground. I'm going to go out in nature because mother nature can handle it. And I'm going to beat the shit out of a tree, right? (laughs) And you have all these personalities and personas going on. And most people would look at you and go, she doesn't have a care in the world. She Mm. is so strong. She is so confident. Mm. I want to be like her. I want what she's got. And then you, on this side of you being a human being that you are, or sometimes if you say a beautiful humanoid, (laughs) (laughs) you are sitting there going, I am terrified as shit. I have dealt my whole life with social anxiety and if only they knew what was going through my mind right now. So I wanted you to kind of talk about that because there's so many people that I work with and 
including myself. I was my first, I was my first client. I had to coach myself out of life, especially with my social anxiety and social anxiety is huge because I've spent majority of my life just immersing myself in safety behaviors, whether that is, you know, dressing a certain way, having to be perfect, having to really hone in on my words and what I'm doing to be perfect, you know, canceling plans with people because even though I want human connection, I want to be connected, I don't at the same time. And there's, or going to a party and always finding an exit strategy to leave some, something early because in case it's too uncomfortable. Or when I'm in a group situation, looking where the exit signs are <laughs> to know that, hey, if I feel like I'm shrinking to the ground as I'm talking to people, I know where the exit sign is. And I mean, there's so many safety behaviors that we do, but here you are basically just showing up anyway, you know, taking those strings with you, taking those voices with you and doing it anyway. So yes, tell, I mean, tell the, you know, everyone watching Ryan, hello, Jade, hello, Amy, Elise, hello, everyone popping on. Thank you for watching. Um, if you're watching live, just put L and it pays to play. So don't be afraid to ask questions and show up and participate because when you do, it really encourages other people to do so. When you raise your hand, it gives people the courage to go, yes, thank you. So social anxiety is just such a huge thing in society right now, because in a world where everything is connected, we are so disconnected, especially within ourselves and social anxiety, or just take away the social anxiety in general, disconnects us from our body because we don't feel safe. So how do you do it anyway and show up in all these cool personas and vibes that people just resonate with, even though you're terrified as shit? It's such a good question. It's such a good question. I'm like writing notes as you're talking so I can remember um, what you talked about. But like, yeah, when you say like, you know, I have all of these different like kind of personalities or personas that I show up with and like someone could look at me from the outside and be like oh she's so like strong and confident how can I be like her yeah. um I mean it's simultaneously I posted like a meme about this that summed it up pretty perfectly but it's like the desire the the desire to be seen and witnessed which is something like I would say probably all or most of us really want acknowledgement to be witnessed to be seen as who we are right and like loved for who we are and approved for who we are then also like the horror the absolute horror of people seeing us in like our humanness so there's this like there's this weird dichotomy that i think like most of us contend with where it's like i'm scared for people to see me for who i am and all of my vulnerability and you know we have like imposter syndrome like some people think that they're like not good enough or um yeah they're not worthy of like being seen or they're an imposter right people are gonna see who they really are and fucking hate them for it so there's this fear and the stress of like maybe i should just hide and stay safe um but yeah it's like this balancing this like wanting to be seen but really being scared of being seen and being scared of judgment and wanting to hide and you know it's so funny like hearing you talk because or like talk about like 
seeing me and like witnessing me and like what your perception is um because yeah like i love being seen i love being perceived and i also fucking hate it like probably yes. i hate it it scares the shit out of me i feel like i want to throw my phone in a river every time i post something like vulnerable or like yeah. dancing you know it's such a love-hate relationship and i experience that daily <laughs> there really is and like i care so much what other people think of something i'm like actively trying to work on i care yeah. so i want everyone to love me so much for exactly who i am but like if i don't approve and love of myself exactly who i am um i mean that's the whole key right that's the whole key to it doesn't fucking matter what other people think or how other people perceive you it's how you perceive yourself and i think of anxiety as a sensation and this weaves like really beautifully into existential kink which is like my current like favorite modality for stuff right because you're essentially so it, it was created by Dr. Carolyn Lovewell. She recently changed her name from Carolyn Elliott to Carolyn Lovewell, so same person. Um, she created this philosophy, this practice called existential kink, which is essentially how I interpret it. And I just did a coach training on this and it was, it was <laughs> I was gonna say sensational, which is very um, apt because it's all about sensation. It's all about feeling the sensations in your body and sensation is the feeling without the story. So to me, it's, you know, if I feel sad, the sensation of sadness in my body might feel like tightness in my chest. It might feel like a constriction down my center line. I might feel like I have a, you know, ball in my stomach, like a heavy ball in my stomach. So that's the sensation. That's the kind of, you know, I think of it as like personifying your the, the feeling so it's like the sensational level of like your experience in your body and something and, really cool about existential kink too that i've heard you talk a lot about with and some people will go what the hell are you talking about because a lot of it is based in finding the pleasure in pain yeah and if you feel sad, if you're angry, if you're depressed, if you're in, you know, fight or flight mode, if you yeah. are in heartbreak, if you're in agony, if people will go, how the hell would I find this pleasurable? I want to run as far away as possible from this feeling. And so how do we transmute and alchemize something so, so excruciatingly painful to make it a pleasurable thing. Explain that, because I know at first when I heard that, I'm like, hell no, that's not pleasurable. <laughs> this is awful, but there's a process to it. I love that you asked that question because it's something that's like, I've turned over in my head so many times like in my life and then through this training and like different versions of like, you know, similar philosophies of existential kink. Um, and it's almost less about finding like joy and happiness in pain and more about finding radical approval for mm -hmm. everything feeling and, everything. Yeah. and yeah. there is a sense like i think um i mean it feel it is super bypassy to be like oh just like 
just like feel pleasure when you feel pain. Like, no, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. That's why I don't feel fucking pleasure because I'm in pain. <laughs> like, this pain yeah. is and I'm not enjoying it. And like, fuck that. I can't feel pleasure in it. Yeah. And so, so it's funny to say, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes like you're in this really intense pain and you're like, how am I supposed to like alchemize this? And that's not the point to me. The point is like your fuck no of how like bad this feels. You're like, I hate this experience. That can be, and stay with me for a sec, that can be your yes. Your no, how much you hate it, giving yourself permission to hate this so much and to experience how painful it is and giving yourself permission to do that is actually like it like a opening of a channel because usually what we do and it's this is pretty subtle but usually what we do is that we feel the pain we go through something that makes us feel really bad um yeah we're experiencing something that feels horrible right really uncomfortable in some kind of way and on these deep levels we're like no like i don't want to feel this and so we we resist it and some like unconscious levels conscious levels on so many different levels like in our society we are taught um pain is bad it is wrong you know and feeling yeah. like shit is bad out of that immediately and so we have this whole like paradigm set up for us that we're just like born into where we're like oh we need to feel good all the time like that's the most right way to be it's like more moral we like have this whole morality system around like good and bad and like pain and pleasure and pain is bad and pleasure is good yeah. and it really it really blocks us from processing emotions because when i think about processing emotions like hard emotions painful emotions our cultural ethos is to stuff them down to oppress them suppress them shame those parts of ourselves on deep levels um Know, feel really bad that we feel really bad it's like it has this flavor of like this is a, a thing made up by Simone Soul a coach I really like but like dirty pain where we're not now just feeling the pain anymore we're feeling the shame and the judgment and like I shouldn't be feeling this way and I don't want to be and it just becomes this thing that like we can't really even access so I was thinking about this this morning actually in meditation and like feeling into it it is like a sober psychedelic experience to just feel your emotions to just say yes to what you're feeling right now yeah. like on the deepest levels to just say yes to like okay life okay sensations like i see you i feel you you're here i can't argue with the reality of you being here and so let me say yes and see where you take me and you know there are all kinds of somatic practices that can bring you into getting in touch with the sensations saying yes to them giving yourself space and permission to feel them without bypassing without being like how do i turn this to pleasure i want to feel good yeah. um but yeah. the the kind of weird thing that happens like within saying yes to whatever you're feeling and give yourself that permission slip to really like unshame yourself and not judge yourself for what you're feeling. You're a human, humans suffer like that. Right? But it's like 
opening that channel when you say yes to yourself and like the emotions, the hard things that you're experiencing actually opens you up to experiencing the sensations on just the sensation level. So it becomes this kind of voyage through your body's sensations and you start to notice the sensations start to move and change mm -hmm. as you let yourself feel them. And what I like to do is have, like, like personify our sensations. So maybe you find a name for the sensation, you find the location or locations in your body that it is. You might have a color, a shape, a texture. You really want to kind of like flesh it out. And yeah. then you're in a different relationship to it because now you're seeing it as like a being that has its own desires, yeah. its own needs, right? And so many of these more painful feelings, they just want to be acknowledged and witnessed, right? Like they yeah. just want space to breathe and to like, and to express themselves through your body. But like this whole battle that we have within ourselves where it's like, I need to feel good all the time. It's so bad to feel bad. Like yeah. no one, you know, about coaches it's like i have to be high vibe and like, like you know i'm and then you ghost on media for a while because you're going through some shit and then you come back when you're like doing well again which is yeah. what we all do right but it's like can you be with your humanness and all of the sensations that you're feeling at any given moment and not judge them not shame them like reparent yourself yeah. to give your approval and that like support in that safe space to feel what you feel because that's how we process emotions and that's how we connect with other people like we're always going to be disconnected if we're not being honest yeah. about how we're doing right so i'm going to take a breath yeah, well i'm saying yeah that is so huge and i want to emphasize every you know echo all these sentiments you just went through there i mean i would it took me in my 40s to start saying yes to myself and emotions to me throughout my life were the enemy and you know because i learned at a very young age that it wasn't safe and it wasn't okay to, to express them i mean we hear all the time whether it's a toxic or non-toxic environment you know if you if you're gonna you know don't cry otherwise i'll give you something to cry about right yeah. I mean, that, that's a very common thing we hear, and that's just something that just kind of gets thrown around, whether, again, toxic or non-toxic. But going deeper, you know, it really depends on what your upbringing looks like, you know, what you came from. And I know for myself, there was a lot of lack of safety, and that took me into my teen years, into my adult years. And because of that lack of safety and because of that trauma I experienced as a kid, you know, I am a trauma survivor. You know, I am a survivor of emotional abuse, physical abuse. I am a survivor of, you know, four years of sexual abuse. And when we're 10 years and or younger and going through all of that, what do you think that's doing? I mean, it is alongside of the programming that society puts on us, the programming that is being instilled in us as a child that we don't have any fucking clue about how to process that. And we, we go into our teen years and, you know, I started drinking at 13, 14, and I started becoming very toxic in my own way when it came to people and relationships 
um, and just how I related to myself in the world. And in my, in my 20s and my 30s, you know, I was on this toxic loop or this, this groundhog day that I call it every single day of my life. And then one of the main reasons for that is because emotions were the enemy to me. Instead, you know, I equated it back then with not just suppressing and repressing or, you know, shoving them to the side, but my alchemization of turning pain into pleasure was toxic behaviors, picking up that bottle, drowning it out, because that gave me an escape that numbed it out that felt pleasurable to me at the time versus holding space for something that I couldn't handle or, you know, immersing myself in sexual behaviors that wasn't good because that was pleasurable and it disconnected me from source. It can disconnected me from my own body. Um, whether it was just toxic people in my life that enabled this for me, told me it was okay. It was normal, you know, this is just the way you are. You know, if you can't beat it, join it. <laughs> and I did everything else out there except deal with my pain and process my emotions. And until I, I mean, it was a very interesting paradigm because while at the same time, I was an individual who studied astrology, read all the psychology books, studied all the applied psychologies, studied human behavior. So logically my brain would say, I know what's up. I know what's going on. But yet that wounded, severely wounded inner child in me yeah. ran the show. Yeah. And you you made a comment, well you make it often, saying we're, you know, as, as adults, we're really just big children walking around. Yeah. Because because we really are. Our inner child or many inner childs within us really direct that compass of our life by choices we make, how we act, how we feel, how we think. We might be grown and this body, this vessel has expanded into adulthood and our brains have become larger, but that inner child has remained small. <laughs> and that inner child is going, you forgot about me. Yeah. You forgot about me, but I never yeah. forgot about you. You might be think you're done with the past, but the past is not done with you. And yeah. this is where shadow work starts. And this is where that existential kink that I love, and I want you to elaborate more on that too, because again, taking, you know, once I really shifted everything in my life and really did a deep dive into my personal development, that I yeah. was like, oh my God, I, I really have to do some work here. And most people are afraid to do the work. When I was, when you were my coach, there were so many times you would ask me, you know, I would start kind of sharing my stories and a lot of victimhood and why me and this is awful and this happened and I'm just spiraling and I couldn't get out of it. And you would always say, well, what are you getting out of it? What are you getting? And I'm just like, you keep asking me that, but I don't know what I'm getting. <laughs> what am I supposed to be getting? And then I realized sometime after our coaching, you know, had ended, yet our relationship continued. I was like, you know what? I wasn't getting anything. I was searching. I was searching. Because my whole life, I've been attracted to things that wounded me. And most people are. Yeah. So what? Yeah. I, I wasn't getting anything from it. I was searching for safety. 
searching for safety in other people to validate me, searching for other people to see me, searching for other people to just love me. But yeah. all of that yeah. were, I was searching for someone else to make me feel safe and yeah. I had to make me feel safe. But to feel safe, we have to understand our emotions and how to process them and not keep them stuck and trapped in the body. Yeah. So talk more about like, what have you done personally when you looked at your own shit and I know you've gone through a lot of trauma in your life as well you know explain some of the trauma that you've been through how this correlates today and how you've had some of these really profound breakthroughs that you now help other people get through thank you I want to touch on a couple of things that you said to like kind of elaborate because you you brought up so many good heads um one of them is like what are you doing out of it and yeah favorite things. and I do want to be like, like to reframe kind of like your experience of like well I'm not getting anything out of it it's just like the search I would reframe that and see if it feels you know right in your body and if it doesn't throw it away but like you're getting the thrill of the search the thrill wow. of like what could be my answer right because something like Carolyn Lovell says in her book Existential King that like fulfillment is more real than lack and I had to kind of like turn that in my head over in my head for a while because it's so it's kind of a weird statement and to me how I've like processed it and understood it is that we're always fulfilling something we're always fulfilling some part of us and so when we think we're like lacking lacking happiness and stability um, and you know a healthy partner all of these things we're actually also fulfilling something else we're fulfilling safety primarily right yeah. like the goal of like not getting into a relationship with someone could be well I'm keeping myself safe from the inevitable pain and hurt in a relationship with another human being um, so we're always fulfilling some part of us even like it's usually like a shadow part of us a part that we're not like fully consciously I can't hear you. There we go. Um, yeah, so yeah. when you talk about how hard it is to process emotions, you said something similar, you didn't use those exact words, but I was thinking like, okay, I do wanna say processing emotions, it's the hardest thing like in the world for humans. It's like yeah. why we have so much suffering and so much trauma that just like sticks in our system and so much chaos is like literally just sitting with yourself and contending with your own feelings is the thing we all resist the most. It's mm -hmm. so hard yeah. and it takes so much courage to do that. It's so much easier to just like pick up that bottle or pick up some drugs or, you know, binge or do something that, that not Ums the pain temporarily, um, but the pain always comes back. I mean, that's the whole trick. Oh, it does. <laughs> it's like you can't run away from it, and no. I think that's like the most important. One of the most important things I've learned in my life is like, if I stopped running from pain, if I stopped believing that there was some kind of like 
you know, I could just take the money and run or I could just like leave all this and like finally be at peace forever for the rest of my life. It's an illusion. And I think yeah. like the more we can give ourselves permission to really radically accept the truth that as human beings, we are here on earth partly I mean, this is my like personal belief system, but like we're here to experience and learn. We're here to just experience a human body, to experience the, the pain and the turmoil, the drama, the thrill of the drama, the thrill of the ride, the weirdness um, of it all, right? Yep. The mystery of it all. And we're here to learn and to grow. And when I come back to that over and over, it, it keeps me really grounded because I'm like, okay, like, what is this showing me? Or, or how is my deep inner self interpreting this? How, is there another way I can interpret this? Is this an avenue? And there always is an opening because we create meaning. So if I want to... I think your volume went down again. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Let's see. Oh, there we go. There <laughs> I we think go. I'm messing with it and turning the sound off. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about like having tendencies to, to drink or to, you know, have, um, you know, sex when that's not really, yeah, whatever, um, doesn't really feel great in your system, but like it takes away the pain temporarily. Yeah. Um, there is this pull, and this is the whole thing, is that like, we want to get back to pleasure. We want to get back, back to feeling good and feeling okay and feeling safe. And so we want to get back there ASAP. But again, like the whole trick of this is the way to actually get to a place of like calm is by fully feeling the horror of your deep intense emotions and going on that ride and going on that journey working on unshaming these parts of yourself that are keeping you from fully ride into yourself into your emotions and then out because i mean that's the whole thing is like, we have to go through it to get out Absolutely. and you know this I'm in like so many ways, like, I mean, life is a human, we got to go through it to get out. We all yeah. die, like that happens, right? So we have to, it's like we're getting all of these like downloads or like signals of yeah. like, ways, like we got to go through it, to get out. Um, and a big thing that we've talked about before too, about processing the emotions, you know, the brain is a muscle, we have to train it. You know, yeah. the brain doesn't know the difference between reality and fiction or imagination and reality. When we're going through an uncomfortable period and we have that discomfort in our body, when we want to, you know, whether, whatever your response is, if that's to, you know, flight, fight, fawn, freeze, you know, it, it works differently for everyone. But the minute we either freeze or, or run, yeah. we automatically tell our brain, you're right, this is terrifying, this is scary. Yes. And that's sure. all 
this is all it's going to understand. If instead of sitting in that discomfort and going, okay, this sucks, but I'm going to sit through it. I'm going to breathe through it. The, you know, the first time around, it's going to be tough. The second time around, it's going to be probably even harder because sometimes not the second, third or fourth time gets easier. It actually gets harder because the brain is resisting each level up until you break through that threshold and it goes, okay, well, the last 10 times she went through this and experienced this emotion, she sat with it and okay, there must be something to this. I guess it's not as scary as I thought. If she's not running, there must be a lack of fear or at least desensitized fear. Or a lack of threat. Yeah. Right. I so the more we fit in our discomfort and our bullshit that we don't, we are afraid to face. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had to do that many times. You know, I couldn't escape. I couldn't numb out. I couldn't go the easy way. I couldn't just. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to sit here with this. I don't care how long it takes, whether it's days, months, years, and then finally your brain goes, I see you. I hear you. I get what you're doing now, and I get that it is okay to remain in your body. It's okay to remain safe because I had a hard time falling back into my body, especially after four years of sexual abuse. And anytime I felt something in my body, boom, I'm gone. I'm somebody who traveled from East coast to West coast, trying to start over my life all of the time. You know, at 19, I moved it from Iowa to New York City looking for something. Social anxiety killed that dream, and I prematurely left the program and didn't come back. Then I moved to Florida. Let's try this. Then I moved back to Iowa. Then in 99, I moved to Los Angeles. Let's try this. Start over with new people, new beginnings, new places, new things. I spent the majority of my 20s out there, unfortunately, and most of the time in a blur and a toxic state of being, because all of these emotions that I was trying to run from were just right there. I, you know, I couldn't, wherever you go, there you are. You can't escape yourself. And and then from Los Angeles, moved back to Iowa. Then I moved to Texas. Let's start over again. Let's go back to California after Texas. You know, every time something was a downfall in my life, it was too tough, run, run. And like you, I had to take off those damn running shoes after a while. I moved back to Iowa in 2015. I'm like, okay, no more running shoes. We're going to sit with this shit. And, you know, I did five years of therapy. I got the coaching. I studied. I became a coach. But there's so much that came with me. And if I, you know, and here's the deal about trauma. 10% of our wounds, and while it's important, yes, to heal our wounds and that inner child, because we have to, but literally about 10% of our trauma comes from those initial wounds, because those wounds that we have as a child or a teen or whatever, whatever your initial wounding is, 10% of that, because it has a beginning and it has an end. Whenever we're talking about our trauma and our wounding, we're saying when, and then when that was done, then this happened. But what we do as human beings, there's that 10%, which is the initial wound. We as human beings re-traumatize ourselves over and over and over again, daily, by negative self-talk, 
by not showing up for ourselves, by people pleasing, by letting the world take control and not directing our own compass. Because we don't want to sit with those emotions. We don't want to sit with our trauma. Yeah, and it's uh, really fucking scary to sit with your trauma. And this is why I always recommend, like, at least for, for me and what I do, to if if you're gonna work with me i like people to be at a place where they process at least yeah. at least a, a, a right a therapist and coaching yeah. and therapy is very different at least that's been yeah. my experience yeah. their own and i always recommend emdr which is western therapeutic trauma modality which is just about reprocessing your trauma so you're literally doing some bilateral stimulation or doing the eye movements yeah. Your trauma. I won't go super into this, but it um, it activates the part of your brain that actually like decreases the um, the spark of the emotional uh, the emotional experience of that trauma and how that emotional experience lives in your body. Like that's what trauma is. It's yeah. it was the process metabolize and digest the thing that happened to you wasn't the circumstance it was how your body interpreted the circumstance and if your body and your nervous system could not process it which that says nothing to do about you as a person which i think is important to to distinguish because we have this deep kind of like um inner like blame where it's like oh if i you know wasn't in this situation or if i could have spoken up and didn't freeze or if i could have blah 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 like that's how especially when we're younger that's how we like make sense of the reality because it's so unfathomable what happened often that we're like, oh, maybe like, you know, I was the problem. And I just like want to go on record and say like, you could have never done anything that have made you deserve any horrible circumstance that happened in your life. And if you have trauma, um, and I say like have trauma and I use it very specifically because it's not like um, the thing was trauma. It's that your nervous system interpreted that in a way that you could not process it. Yeah. And if your nervous system is, is functional and highly active, I think like the most incredible, highly sensitive, amazing people have the most trauma because like their nervous systems yeah. are highly highly primed for reactivity and um but yeah like you know that what happened to you was never your fault or mm -hmm. been your responsibility is not your responsibility and if you want to live better if like you're living in a way that just like doesn't feel great for you in certain realms or in all realms or whatever then that is your responsibility to deal with because as within, so without, it's like we have to do like that inner work so we can see the world in a different way. Um, and yeah, I guess I just wanted to add that. Now when we're going through trauma and you know, I mean, you're on point there too. And another layer of that is when we, start healing those trauma stories a lot of people want to focus on the past right because i mean it's like a boner we have to launch back we have to understand a basis of of your why of your story and make sense of it but then as a coach we launch forward to compartmentalize it to take those actionable steps towards healing it 
But when we think about trauma, a big component is connection. Because what is one component in trauma that we lack? We normally go through something alone that's really dark and scary, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, we can only experience ourselves. Yeah. So it's like we're always like... You know, <laughs> in the world today, you know, I mean, people, you know, you find sisterhood now, you know, large groups of friends bonding together. Somebody goes through a heartbreak, they got that girlfriend on the couch doing a powwow, then like, hey, I'm right here, let's eat some ice cream together and, you know, bend something on Netflix, right? When you have connection in your life, because humans are insatiable, we can get through anything. We really can. But most of the time we get through it with more ease and flow when we have somebody on our side, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, a best friend, a pet, whatever, right? We have a, a form of connection. But the deal with trauma is most of the time when we experience trauma, we deal with it alone. We go through it alone. And so one of the main components to healing trauma is focusing on our future self, not our past self. Because our future self goes, what you need to heal from trauma is human connection. We can't do this alone. We're not meant to be in this world alone. We're meant to be in this world together with people. And how am I gonna cultivate and generate and create that reality in my here and now when I feel alone and when I feel isolated and separated from the world to get through trauma it takes a village and we all know there's strength in numbers you know just like I reached out to you as a coach I needed that human connection that guide that compass if I were to do that by myself and sit in my shit day in and day out oh yeah it would have looked a lot different so that's yeah. a big component of healing trauma is that connection. And you have a podcast called Being Human. Like, what does it mean to, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Be human. So I yeah. love that you said that. Um, I love that so much. And, and how, I see, how I see coaching or, or kind of the angle I took as you were talking, which is, is really cool and interesting, and same with like any other practitioner that you're going to sit with and they're going to witness you um, is that I as the coach and you as the coach, you know, we become that kind of guide, that voice that you probably never got as a child or didn't get enough of. And it becomes this really beautiful, like reflective experience where I'm like, you know, that had nothing to do with you as a person. Right. And they're like, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess. And it just, it yeah. becomes reflect to them the truth that I'm seeing um, that their like emotional mind is not able to grasp or comprehend because again like trauma is like something happened we couldn't process it so our brains and our bodies try to filter through this like unbelievably painful experience and we just can't really do it like that's the whole point of why these things like stick in our bodies um, and so having someone there, like I spent so much time, so many years after a bunch of horrible shit happened in my life and I didn't get the support that I needed. I just like, I went in on my own. I tried to do it on my own. I got to a certain point because, you know, I have a very inquisitive mind and I, I read a lot and did a lot of stuff, but things really, truly started to shift for me when I opened myself up, I'm the right therapist to finding the right coach coaches. 
Um, and that's when I started to see things really shift and solidify when I had the people who really understood what I went through. Yeah. And I think that is baseline, right? Like, this is why I just, I feel there's such, there's so much like importance and value to having someone validate your human experience. Like you're not fucking crazy. You're not alone. You've gone through some shit. It makes perfect sense why your body and mind reacted the way it did. It makes perfect sense why you're here. It makes perfect sense why you're doing X, Y, Z instead of being able to feel your feelings. It's too fucking hard. I totally get it. And sometimes, sometimes that is like, what we need to actually move forward, even just like a little bit, like someone to be like, yeah, like that makes sense. I feel you. I hear you. that's that is so painful, that's horrible for you. Um, and yeah, I feel like that is such an important aspect. Just truly the the getting the validation that you're not crazy, you're not alone, your experiences make sense. Um, your emotions make sense, you make sense. And then that kind of can open up that like channel a little bit to start to feel this kind of safety in exploring some of the emotions and the sensations that you've been holding in these like corners of body and mind for, for so long. Um, I wanted to go back to something you said about not feeling safe to express your emotions as a child. like. This is something that I see with like most people I work with, if not all of them, where, you know, when you're a child, your only frame of reference for your reality is like the adults in your life that are telling you what's right and wrong and good and bad. And you're either getting punished or you're getting celebrated or whatever. So you're basing your your internal systems of what's good and bad what they deem as good and bad so if you're crying and you're throwing a tantrum and they're yelling at you and they're sending you to your room and they're belittling you um you know it's like the quote you mentioned about you heard as a child like i'm gonna give you something to cry about right? that is so typical yeah. for these like past generations where like mental health and therapy was not really it, it was still like taboo so you know yeah. can give them that way and at the same time like, yeah realizing like how how traumatic that was to just feel your feelings and to get in trouble and to get even physically hurt by just feeling your feelings so your whole life you go through your whole life thinking it is not safe for me to feel my feelings, to have feelings, and it just builds on top of each other. I think of it as like we have these core traumas. We have these core things, uh, a bunch of core things that probably happened during childhood um, where we started to, to form our understanding of reality on those core. And, and we can see this in every pattern and behavior in our life that like they they stemmed from these like very core specific traumas that we had probably when we were children. And the decisions that we make about the world when we're children are very specific. They're very deep. They become unconscious. They run the show of our life yeah. as we grow up. We don't realize we're doing it. We think 
think the world is against us. We think, what the fuck is going on out there? Why do I keep getting into the same situation? Why do I keep getting hurt like this in the same ways? Why do I keep, you know, self-medicating this way? Why can't I just get my shit together? And we start to blame, we start to feel out of control. We start to blame external circumstances. It's a very seductive cycle because it, it feels so real. And it is real. Like, it feels real, and so it is real. Um, those parts of you, when you're a child, that part of you that taught yourself to that it wasn't safe to feel emotions is trying so hard to just protect you. Those parts of you that you think are, like, against you, even, like, you know, their abuser, like, the part of you that's, like, telling you that you're so fucking stupid and you'll never amount to anything and you're worthless and you just kill yourself and, like, all of these, like, abusive thoughts that are truly there because it's like building a wall it's like you have created these really protective parts of you that are like we got to stay safe and they're they're protecting you in the ways they know how which often are not very evolved but like that that's kind of the primal like ways that we protect ourselves which is like isolating not like socializing like isolating um drinking like i mean developing these like habits these habits where we're like abusing substances or whatever um all of these ways that we numb out like those parts of us are really doing their best yeah. us. and forming relationships with these parts of you mm-hmm. it has been so crucial and when i think about like my own experience and i hate the word healing because i don't think we're ever like healed as humans i think that's like like misunderstanding yeah um yeah and kind of like not the best like way to see things um healing is really just just taking actions to it's the maintenance of our life really and you know yeah 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 it's it's the box one of the beautiful things you were talking about is being children and as dark as some of these things can be you know the way we can some of us grow up you know, when we're that age, you know, here comes the birth of the empath, you know, because of this suffering and the birth of the empath in a paradoxical way, you know, yin and yang, dark and light, because we're going through the suffering that's not normal for a child. And at the same time, cultivating such a sympathetic nervous system awareness of, I don't want other people in life to suffer like I have. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what happens is whether we look at our parents because they're the authority figures or guardians in our lives, whether we look at friends, other authority figures, and as a child, we know what suffering is, even though we're not using that terminology. We know what feeling sad is. We know what feeling bad is. And when we see other people, especially our parents going through emotional and physical trauma, we know what that feels feels like and what happens is we step into this caretaker position again here comes the empath that just evolves over time and we become our parents first therapist <laughs> as a child because we want to make sure they're okay we step into rescue and this is going to you know in a minute I want to talk about that victim triangle you talk about being the victim and the persecutor and the rescuer because this starts at an early age where we're a victim of something that's beyond our control and then we're the persecutor and then we're the rescuer because we look at these other people and we want to rescue them because we don't want them to feel the way we do. Yeah. 
and but at the same time without you know we're we've got big emotions in a small body right small people can't process big emotions so all we know is that we're caretaking we're nurturing we're showing up as da 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 i'm here to save the day i can help you i don't know how to help me because i don't know what any of this means <laughs> i'm going to find out later but as an empath in today's society of course we're anxious a lot of us are anxiously attached of course we're confused and overwhelmed and burnout and stressed and full of trauma stories that we need to shed because we take all these this pain with us because as an empath we are so deeply feeling human beings but how can you be so deeply feeling oriented and at the same time not feeling and not recognizing and processing your emotions. Where's that split? That's where that disassociation and disconnection comes into play. And most of us lead and most go through our whole lives in a disassociative state, always feeling out of our body. So how do you, you can get, I mean, you can give a couple strategies, you know, you don't have to go into like the EDMR and the tapping and the somatic breath work and things of that nature, but what does it really mean to come back to our body safely mm. in a world that says yes feel everything but at the same time says the only way you're really going to get ahead is if you block it out shelf it for later move on push through it mm. That's, you know we constantly live in survival mode and part of what I do in my coaching programs is I take people through surviving to thriving but what does it mean to to divide that. So yeah. many people ask me today, well, how do I get out of survival mode? And survival mode just isn't about, oh, well, I'm broke all the time. I don't make much money. I'm paycheck to paycheck. Survival mode is what is happening in our body? How are we being in this world? What energy are we operating out of? How are we moving in this world? How are we leading to ourselves and other people? Most of the time we don't even understand because we go on automatic pilot because at such a young age we were trained program fight or flight fawn or freeze and now what just is is an autopilot button that we just push and we're just going through the motions of the day out of our body yeah. and we need to come back to it yeah so yes i definitely want to go into that i want to do a time check yeah how much longer because i don't have like much steam okay. left um, 15 minutes. We'll just go through that real quick. Just touch upon that victim triangle really quickly of what that looks like in people's lives. And then we'll kind of finish it up there. I feel like, like I mean, my brain is always operating a million miles an hour. I can this up all day. There's many avenues I would have and We can, the duration is whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. So just let me know when you're like, I'm at my capacity. Yeah. Thank you. So, okay, I'm just gonna look at my notes. I have so many and I'm trying to think, okay. So you mentioned like the, like some of the tools, right? The tapping and the breath work and somatic work and stuff like that. So um, just to touch on that, like how we deal with and handle the horrors of being a human and just the, the drama of it is we want to build out a toolbox. We want to find a way to relate to ourselves, to our emotional world, to our inner experiences um, that supports us, right? This is about 
not abandoning ourselves. It's about choosing self-love instead of self-abandonment. And, you know, there's so many kind of foundational kinks to work out below the surface before you even want to implement a sustainable, like, toolbox. Before you even, like, have the kind of capacity and self-love to choose not abandoning yourself in those moments. So right. I really foundation for me, and this is what I spend like, you know, the first like couple of sessions on at least in my coaching container, it's unshaming and it is really excavating this kind of these parts that the protective parts, it's doing, it's shining the light on like, in the intrusive thoughts, the things that are really kind of like keeping us from feeling worthy enough to even have healthy habits. So I feel like foundationally, there's something really important about actually getting to a place where you can even implement ha healthy habits in your life. Because what happens is like, when we're not fucking ready to do that, and we just we haven't cultivated enough self love and self approval, it's going to be the same thing. Like maybe we'll do yeah. what our coach says for a while, but get, you know, office sessions with them and we go back to the same. So I think it's really important to establish this kind of like baseline and kind of like excavate that. And that looks like many different things in my practice, at least it's very individualistic. Um, but then like really kind of the main thing for me is orienting yourself to reality in the way you're talking about empaths. It's not your job to save anyone. And this beautifully leads into the victim triangle because as an empath and as someone who's grown up with parents, caregivers, who, um, you know, you saw their turmoil and you wanted to save and help them so that you could be helped and that you could feel safe. It's always this like, you know, back and forth relationship when you've kind of taken on this rescuer role that can become really embedded in you. You can feel very responsible for things outside of what you are responsible for in reality. And it just becomes like burden. And so this is something I hear a lot where it's like, like as an empath, like I get taken advantage of so much, like people just like walk all over my kindness and they just like take advantage of me. And I'm like, okay, but like, how are you taking advantage of yourself? Like, you're not setting boundaries. You're not creating these, these spaces that you need for yourself to take care of yourself. You are overextending yourself and then you're feeling resentful. So now you're becoming the persecutor instead of the rescuer. Cause maybe, you know, whatever. So this is how the cycle begins. So we feel victimized by life circumstances. We feel, which really just means like helpless. Um, and then the rescuer is the starting gate position and starting gate just means kind of like your natural, you know, place that you start out with in life. So we have rescuer, victim, and persecutor. A lot of people I work with are natural rescuers, including myself. I've been all three yeah. many times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, on, sometimes on the weekly. <laughs> yeah. In like the yeah. course of like, oh my God. So yeah. The, the whole kind of thing about the victim triangle, and it was created by, I think his name is Steve Hartman, he was a psychologist, um, it's genius. So 
it's you can just imagine a triangle um, an inverted triangle where at the bottom there's victim and there's persecutor and rescuer so you just notice just bring mindful awareness to okay what is the position that I most often take the position that feels like most true to who I am and that's your starting position and what you'll notice is when you're on that triangle you always become the victim eventually, even if you don't start as the victim, and you always move from spot to spot, whether it's moving from like one spot to another or rotating between all three spots, you are in this drama cycle. And it's just like with someone else or you know, with your family, with a group of people, whatever, where you're enacting these roles. If I'm a victim and I feel helpless, and someone's, you know, yelling at me to change my life and just like take responsibility, I'm going to see them as the persecutor because I'm like, why are you yelling at me? That's not making me feel good. And then the rescuer is a really interesting one because this is like generally the empath, the highly sensitive person who wants to come in and save everyone and help everyone. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, foregoes their own need. And the whole kind of thing about this is becoming clear about what your needs are and this i see it as like it's like on a somatic level on a body-based level it's not what your mind is going to tell you need because your mind in this cultural you know narrative of like we got to work harder we got to hustle we got to push through make that money it's completely incompatible with our bodies which are based on like we are nature, right? Like the seasons of nature and how things bloom and die and kind of the slow pace. Um, and then like the rapid quick pace of things. Yeah. Like I think about bodies are way more energetically and in reality in tune with nature and natural cycles rather than this like capitalistic, like, you know, shit show. Um, and so we have this like weird thing to contend with because our minds will tell us one thing, our body will tell us another. And I think it's really about coming to this place of being like such a stupid term, but I actually kind of like it being like a divine rebel in society where like yeah. you are, you know, you can go to your nine to five, do whatever you got to do, make that money. Yeah. Um, but then you are, in approval and appreciation of your body's rhythms yeah. and you can do both like it doesn't have to be you know i'm only nature or i'm only this like capitalistic hustle society thing you can be both you can fuse both and i think that's kind of like where the sweet spot is because you know otherwise if you chose one you'd probably just be a monk on the top of a mountain like not engaging yeah. in like culture reality anyway um but I think there's something really beautiful about being on this earth, being engaged with the horrors and like the mundane aspects, you know, of like picking up your medication at CVS, like just the mundane things you have to do um, as humans on this earth engaged with, you know, other humans as we do. Um, and it's about like fusing and giving yourself permission to set really strong boundaries to take care of yourself, right? As an empath, like, that's the thing that I always come back to. I'm like, where are your boundaries leaky and why? And what are you trying to get 
you know, from the other person? Is it people pleasing? Is it you're trying to get love and approval, acceptance? Like, yeah. let's invest. That is child very, very huge because I know for myself and a lot of empaths out there, um, probably, you know, yourself included, it's so easy to get caught up in that triangle, the victim, rescuer, persecutor. And half the time, we're all three kind of jumbled, you know, at the same time, oh. at times. I mean, <laughs> my whole life, I've been that person that people were drawn to. I was their go-to for support. And, you know, hence I kind of became a coach. It just was a natural next step for me. But whether I'm in my coach brain or my human brain, you know, I have all these people from my past or present to come to me, hey, you know, help me, teach me guide me. And even though I didn't seek out that, so I wasn't the rescuer at that point, they sought me out, you know, for a long time, I started feeling like I was just fostering people, you know, I'm getting them to a better place. I'm getting them to their next level, best version of themselves. And then once that happens, it's goodbye, discard, ghost, what have you, right? And so then the persecutor comes out me. Well, you know, the human's like, well, how dare you discard me when I just got you to where you're at now, or at least helped you along the way, right? And then all of a sudden I become a victim. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's so easy to just boom, boom, boom. Or the, the other times that I am the rescuer and I see people because I'm drawn to energies. I see you suffering. I feel your suffering. I don't want you to suffer. How can I help you? How can I show up and support you? And then they contemplate it and are like, okay, right? Or sometimes they could be the persecutor, like, hey, I don't need help. I'm fine. I've got this, you know? And then they become a victim. I mean, it's just so easy to bounce back and forth between this triangle that we live in on a daily. I think it's so, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy you said that. I really acknowledge that. And like, I'm really happy you said that because I feel like this is a good note to wrap up on and I would love to say more about existential kink, but we'll have to yeah, do part two. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, to wrap up, I think it's so valuable to see other humans as sovereign beings who are capable of making their own decisions, their own mistakes who don't need you to rescue them. If they want help, great. They can ask you for help and support. That's totally different than rescuing people yeah. from that place of, oh, I need to rescue you in order for me to feel fulfilled. And like, I've done a great service and like, I be happy and relax because I know you're okay, right? It becomes this codependent mm -hmm. entanglement. You're relying on your piece based on like, what other people are doing or not doing outside of you, like control anyone outside of us. I think that's like, it's such a, it's a kind of like a, a negative cycle to get into, to be that empath who is so sweet and amazing. And I love empaths so much. They're adorable and they're beautiful. And I probably won't surround myself with anyone besides empaths. I love them so much. Like what? And also knowing that like, you get to make strong boundaries for yourself. It is not your job to rescue or save anyone. It actually does people a huge disservice to think that you do have to rescue and save them because it creates the codependency where now they're relying on you yep. to continue to save them and they don't have their independence and they're not learning to do it for themselves. Yep. And that's the whole thing about any kind of mentorship. It's like, oh, we're, we're setting up the tools and we're creating like, 
this um, orientation towards reality that allows you to think for yourself, to make your own decisions, to feel empowered, um, to feel like you can handle anything that life gives you. And again, it's an ongoing process. So I feel this sense of like, I've gone back and forth with this, like, you know, it's completely up to you to have a coach or to have a therapist or to have a mentor or someone that you can like talk with on a weekly or bi-weekly basis or whatever to like share your feelings and be witnessed and work through stuff. Um, for me, I, I feel like I will, I don't know, I can't really see a future where I'm not collaborating with some kind of mentor at yeah. some like because life is always happening and i feel like it's so important to have that support but even if you know you don't have the finances or that's just not something that like is available to you like therapy or coaching or mentorship or whatever i would say like get some good sources so you can do some of this inquiry and this this work but also really balancing it with not falling into the trap of continuously healing yourself and feeling like right. you're broken. I feel like the right. real work realizing, amen. amen, like internalizing, yeah. there was nothing ever wrong with you. Like you no. are not broke, you are not mm -hmm. a yeah. woman. And yes. I feel here comes your famous saying, there, nothing has gone wrong here. I use it to this day after being coached by you. You probably hear me talk about that. Nothing has gone wrong here. Because so many people out there think they're broken. You know, we might be bent, but we're not broken. You know, we might be I wounded, but we're not bent. Broken, we're all broken, right? But we're not. But as a human being born with a soul, there's no way a soul can be broken. A soul is solid. A solid is a soul is whole already. It can't fragment. It can't disconnect and break into a million pieces. It can't break. We just feel like it is, but it's not. <laughs> and are and... that's who we tr truly are. Like, yeah. we're this internal, you know, being who whatever whatever we were before we were born and after we die. Like, yeah. that is the who we are. We're stardust. We're you know whatever your spiritual belief yeah. genuinely like that is who we are at our core. And we came to Earth to forget all that shit. Like yeah. we came to to forget that and then re-remember it. Like, I feel like that's like the journey. Right? And something to touch upon too, before we wrap up, and we've talked about this before, you know, in the society today where personal development and coaching and, you know, is, is such a trend, you know, it's more of a novelty right now. Manifestation is all over the place. You know, everyone wants to manifest their desires. You know, that next thing, that person, house, car, money, job, right? But you talk a lot about we can't really manifest until we understand the darkness. And that is so true because we can't affirm our way out of where are we at. We cannot out-vibrate our vibration. So if we are sitting there manifesting, you know, you can look in the mirror all day long and tell yourself affirmation after affirmation. You know, I am worthy, I'm beautiful, I'm good enough, I'm this, I'm that. But if you don't actually truly believe it yourself because of the shadow work you haven't done, the brain is going to kind of raise an eyebrow going um, negative ghostwriter because this is too far from a reality where you're at. So I appreciate the sentiment. I want you to love yourself. I want you to find yourself worthy. 
because you are beautiful and amazing, but I know you don't actually feel that way about yourself. So what do we need to do? Because right now, especially with two super moons and this energy going on around, it is intense. And a lot of people are like, this is the perfect time to manifest what I want, right? But you have to get clear, what do you want? And do you believe yeah. that to be true about yourself? You know, if yes. you want to call in the next partner, that next job, you know, $10,000, a new car, you know, a different place to live, whatever that looks like for you. Most people have a sense of unworthiness that's lying dormant within them. So on the outside, they may look like they have it all put together, right? <laughs> but we can't sit there and affirm our way out and again, out vibrate our vibration that we currently have. So really quickly speak to what does that darkness look like that we have to tap into before those affirmations and those manifestations can actually begin to work? Yeah. So I am inside, I want to pull something up to answer this. I'm inside of my course, Shadow Games, which is all about shadow work, essential kink. Um, yeah. And I also want you to tell people what Shadow Games is, because it's really cool and very fun and exciting. Thank you. So, okay, I love affirmations. I gotta say, I love affirmations. My brain is really prone to like believing whatever I think. <laughs> so I think probably more so than the general public. I'm not really sure, but um, I mean, but the thing is, is like, you gotta look at the dark shit. Like that stuff hangs out in the background your whole life until you turn towards it and shine a light on it. And they're like, hey, what's over there? What are, what are you gremlins doing? Just like scurrying around and causing all the my life. They're just gonna be there until you turn towards them and start to relate to them and talk to them and ask them, what do you desire? What do you want? Um, so shadow work, I think of it like, I, I heard someone say this, I don't know who it was, but the kind of toxic positivity thing, um, the like, you know, the affirmations, the manifestation stuff where it's like, I am beautiful, I am loved. Like, even if you feel like shit and you feel ugly and like all of these things, right? It's like, that's fine, like do that, that's great. But at the same time, it can also be like, you're standing in shit, looking at the sun, you know? And you have all this shit, you're standing in shit and it smells and like you're smelling yeah. and you're looking at the sun, everything's good, everything's good. And it's like, it's okay if it's not good. And yeah. I think that's kind of like the key, it's like really understanding that like, you're a human on this earth, experiencing suffering because yeah. all humans yes. do, it's a part of the package deal of being a human and it's okay to suffer. The thing that makes us suffer more is not acknowledging our suffering. Yeah. So looking at that shit that you're standing in and being like, what do you guys have to say? Like, what's going on down here? You know, that's the whole process of, of like having a coach, a shadow work coach, a, you know, trauma-informed coach, that nature. And then also like a therapist, a really good therapist that you can do ER with or something similar. It's like, that's how you sift through the shit. And once you sift through the shit, like you find gold, like there's little gold nuggets in the shit. Like, it's like um, this other, what I've been loving lately, I don't know who first said it, but when it's dark out, you can see stars. Like, yeah. I love that so much because 
you can't see stars if it's light. And I just think it's such a great like analogy for shadow work. Like you start to see these connections when you go into those like dark parts of yourself that you just don't want to face that you just think are so shitty and horrible. You could never face them. No one can ever know about them. These like secrets, these shadows that we hold mm -hmm. about who we are, this like broken, horrible human being who's masquerading is like, I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's where the work is. It's in sifting through that shit, finding yeah. the gold, realizing like you were never broken, there was nothing wrong with you. And then you can start to kind of ladder your beliefs and ladder your affirmations, like you start to feel more true. I wanted to share some of my existential kink affirmations that are in my course. Um, I think they're really good. So I understand there can be pleasure in pain and pain in pleasure. I am open to revealing the places within me that resist pleasure just as I resist pain. Even though I would love to consciously believe that I hate and don't want certain chaotic, unhealthy patterns in my life, there may be a deeper unconscious addiction to these patterns and a belief I hold that I need these patterns to exist in comfortable and therefore safe that's a long affirmation but that that kind of so sums true. it up the good yeah. and i tell people too you know it's okay to have a bad day and still manifest you can still feel shitty have a bad day be depressed and oh sad. you you know because it doesn't matter how you feel you can still attract the best but the I difference, are, the difference is, is you feel worthy of it so we can have a bad day all day long and still feel worthy of what you're oh manifesting God. so i don't want people to get the wrong idea that you know you can't have bad days and manifest because you can my point is until you really do the work and that shadow work until you really become in union with yourself and your higher self and you believe it to be true and you act as if it is already happening and already true and you're not just forcing it and faking it to make it you know, because then we can't manifest. Then we have to face those fears and, the, and that darkness and stand in that shit until we rise. Because when we're standing in quicksand, the more we struggle, we're going to drown. We're going to sink. If we just stay calm in quicksand, we're going to be able to eventually just walk out without struggle. So when you're in that quicksand, just stay calm. Don't struggle. And and try to see what happens. Yeah. And like the whole EK practice, you're setting us you know, like 15 minutes a day, you're sitting with the sensations of feeling like you are in that quicksand. What is that to be pulled down into the earth? Yeah. Like the horror, the fear, the lack of control, right? You're sitting with that and you're letting yourself get turned on by the thrill of that, by the yeah. thrill of not happening, by the, the excitement of your nervous system activation. And that's yeah. where the pleasure is. It's giving yourself that permission. Yeah. Have that aside for yourself of like, the electric charge and the spark of this, I can interpret this however I want to in my mind's eye. I can make it the scariest thing ever, like, you know, like a, a the scariest roller coaster where like you're just so scared you have this fear when you're going up, up, up before you drop, mm -hmm. or you the thrill of like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Go, going up, 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 yeah. and feel the thrill and the excitement and the anticipation and really give yourself permission to open to that kind of yeah. pleasure in the sensation. Yeah. I, I am. Okay. 
Not a problem. So thank you, Danelle, for showing up and showing up as you. Um, I really want to, you know, leave with this message here because with the energies being so intense right now and a lot of stuff is coming up for people, a lot of stuff we talked about, I really want people to focus on what it means to let go and to, and, and to truly surrender to things right now because forgiveness is always a choice. That is a personal one. But if we can look at any situation and understand and learn how to bless our pain, when we bless our pain, we remove the blame that the pain is trying to show up. So a lot of people want to hold on to a blame story. And if I have this pen here, and if I say let it go, and I just drop it, it's easy to let something go, because I have no emotional attachment to that pen. It can drop. But when I attach a story to that pen, maybe my grandma gave me that pen, maybe my so, you know, so-and-so gave me that pen, it holds meaning to it, then I'm going to want to hold on to that. Like so when we learn to surrender and let go, we have to really detach from the story that we've been telling ourselves. You know, and there's a lot of things out there that people are going through, toxic behavior, narcissistic behavior, heartbreak, betrayal, neglect, um, self-abandonment with ourselves. And just right now with the energy and the full moons going on, I really want people to harness in and call in more of you and let that go. Stop breaking your own heart. Whatever that thing is that you're trying to let go out there in life, whatever trauma stories that you need to shed, learn to sit in that discomfort and that uncertainty. And I know that uncertainty is so scary because people don't like to not know what's going to happen. But when you can sit in that discomfort and process those emotions through out of your body, they don't get stuck and trapped. And when we can truly let go with grace, that is key because letting go is one thing. We can let go of something and still hold on to resentments and those little paper cuts. But when we can truly bless the pain, I'm not saying forgive that person or thing out there that you're wanting to let go of, but when we can bless the pain and exercise that demon out of us, then we can release the blame that the pain initially caused. So I want you to sit with that and think about that and Danelle's going to put yeah. some links in the comments. I want her to put some links about what Shadow Games is, where you can find her. Uh, my open enrollment has just came into play again. I've opened up a few more spots for my three and six month programs. I'll put some information in there. If you caught this live, let us know if you did. If you caught the replay, let us know and just put R for replay. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in there. We're more than happy to answer them. If you don't want to put them out in public and you want to DM one of us, and maybe jump on a call and have a more personal one-on-one, -on -one, completely free, no pressure calls, just to maybe pick our brains and get more clarity on something you're struggling with. By all means, do that. We're here for it. And again, Danelle, thank you so much, you beautiful human being. I look forward to doing this again. So good. It was so good. Sorry, we had some tech issues in the beginning. You know, we went over time, but you know what? That happens. We it was it's fluid, and I just let I just let it go, and I just let it intuitively guide us. So, and you and I can talk. Number one. <laughs> so, we have more to talk about, people. And thank you, whoever watched. Um, we appreciate you. We love you. You are amazing. Have a fantastic weekend. 
And again, if you're struggling with anything, please reach out. We're meant to be in this world together. Much love to all of you. And bye. 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 Bye.